When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Welcome to another edition of Children of Song, the podcast that explores what it must have been like to grow up surrounded by music. For those who might be joining us for the first time, we're speaking, of course, with musicians whose parents made it big in the music industry, or those artists who started playing and making music when they were still very young. For these talented artists, making music is as often as natural as breathing. Well, today's guest kind of fits in both of those categories. His daddy served in the Air Force, but in his spare time, he played the leads in various musicals and plays. Meanwhile, his son was in the audience soaking it all up and deciding if maybe he wanted to sing and entertain people when he grew up. He'd get the chance as a teenager in college, wowing the spirited students of Texas Tech and figuring he might have a future singing in front of big crowds. We'll find out how he made his way from Waco to Lubbock and beyond, and we'll learn how he made a name for himself and see who he influenced along the way. But first, I'm Brad Newman, the producer of this series, and once again, I'll be taking on the hosting chores for what should be an interesting look at the life of what some people have called the Springsteen of the Southwest. We're bringing this to you from our podcast studios in Midtown Manhattan. Rick Buser is our engineer. So no matter who you might think he might sound like, I personally hear more John Cougar than Springsteen, uh, especially uh, on hits like Wrapped and Wave on Wave. But one of the things you can consistently hear from his peers and the young artists coming through the ranks behind him is that... Uh, He's as authentic and generous as it gets. With that, he's uh, produced a huge body of work, including 10 studio albums. 14. He's had 14. Check that. He's had t- uh, 15 singles that have charted. He's been nominated for three Grammys. He's younger than me, and somehow he's got a tribute album coming out in May celebrating <laughs> his biggest hits. I don't know if I like that or not. Please welcome Pat Green to the podcast. What's shaking, Brad? <laughs> Sorry, I didn't mean to correct you. That's all right. Listen, we got to have our facts straight. I mean, that number is all over the place on the internet. I, I you know, Wikipedia has you as seven. Yeah, you know, and, and nobody knows where I'm from either. I was born in San Antonio, though. Right. You've got a restaurant there, right? I do have a restaurant there. Okay. Yeah. And you got one in Dallas or Fort one Worth? One in Dallas uh, and one in Houston yeah. as well. Yeah. Yeah, work, work, work. Quite, quite the entrepreneur. Uh, you know, I don't know. I'm forced entrepreneurial. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I it's interesting. I, I've done some work, and some of the young artists who you have really influenced really look at you and your business acumen. I mean, you know, more than anything, you've you've obviously to the people on the outside, you influence them through your music, but yeah. but behind the scenes, there's Lucky. a lot of there's a lot of work done there too. I I, I don't know what to say to that. I um, I, I love. I love working. I love um, I love the process of creation uh, more than anything on the planet. And um, so, whether I'm good at something or not really doesn't enter my mind until um, 
<laughs> until it's too late. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's let's go back a little bit. So, so you're a military brat. I am. Um, yeah. I am indeed. Yeah, we moved around quite a bit. Um, uh, my dad was an Air Force pilot, um, a brilliant man, um, absolutely one of my, well, my favorite human being other than my own wife and children. But um, uh, anyway, yeah, so and my, my brother George as well, is a, both of them fighter pilots. So it's, it's, it's more than just, to me, you know, when I look around and I see uh, people in the military, to, to get a, a seat in a, um, in a fighter jet, in, a, in one of those crazy, insane zillion dollar airplanes that's uh, pretty that's i don't know it's pretty high up on the ladder oh, yeah, yeah. You, yeah you don't just hand those keys over to anybody well those guys are rock solid too i got to spend some time with some of those and right. other other stories i've done here at the channel and i mean it's hard to shake them it's hard to shake those guys yeah they eat glass for breakfast it's it's uncomfortable <laughs> really but uh, I guess in his spare time, if you can get spare time when right. you're a military fighter pilot <laughs> yeah. and moving around, he, yeah. he was actually the lead in, in various musicals. A lot of them, yeah. yeah. And, and great, too. Um, it, was, it was definitely the um, to see a man, um, obviously, my father, that I not only admired, but um, to see him perform was kind of odd. I, I felt, I didn't feel uncomfortable, but it was, it was, you know, he was the lead. He was the guy standing in the front. And. Uh, I don't know. For some reason, that that struck me. Well, with Harold Hill too, and Music <laughs> right. Man. I mean, he's such a con man, and it's and, you know, it's all like <laughs> it you know, with I, a P I, and ends with a T and it stands for poop. Yeah, I listened <laughs> to that this morning. I because I, uh, I wanted to refresh it. I you know, I played Winthrop as a kid. I had that lisp, wonderful. you know, going for that. It was such a fun yes. show, you know. Yeah, great show with Amarillith, You know, yeah, that was that was played yeah. my sister. You know, and uh, I mean, but it takes so much charisma. To, to play that almost seems to be yeah. kind of a for a guy who's like steady and can man a, a fighter jet that seems to be you know such a contradiction yeah. but he's so studied i mean that's the thing that was it it was just he, he spent an awful lot of time learning that and um and and all uh, playing henry hill playing uh cyrano was my favorite one that he ever did um with the big fake you know, prosthetic nose, and he had to learn how to sword fight, and he had to uh, he had to speak up different languages and crap like that. I mean, you know, it's just to me that was the, his his opus. If you, if there's such a thing, there's really no such a, whatever. Right. It was just fun to watch him be. Um, I loved watching him be other people. All these people that lived inside him is really kind of what. That's where I am on stage too. I don't feel like me. And, and do you think that's where you got your storytelling ability? Because I think that is what separates you. I mean, people say words like authenticity, but I think, and, and I'm not saying you're not, but no, no. there's something about uh, a true storyteller because they take you on a journey and it allows you to, to kind of trust them. And they, if, in, in order to go with them, you got to trust them a bit, yeah, yeah. you know? It's the here to there, for sure. Yeah. It is the here to there. And um, I. I and I look at guys, if you know, like Lyle Lovett and um, Springsteen, you want whatever, whoever you want to put in. But delivery is is really the, the mechanism. What was the early music that you were listening to? Who were you really influenced by? And, and right. yeah, did you think this is something I want to pursue? I, I was a big. Um, I love Jim Morrison. I, I think that. Um, Telling more than story, more than one story at a time is is fun for me, right? So, but there's two or three 
stories within one song, that makes me happy. Right. Um, and Jim was just so all over the place, and there's lots of reasons for that. But um, <laughs> but I'm I'm kind of in that same vehicle. I mean, uh, uh, I love I love the everyday that uh, everyday man that a guy like Billy Joel was when I was a kid. I loved um, I loved how. Uh, Paul McCartney and the Beatles could be Revolver and Sgt. Peppers. I mm-hmm. loved it. There, I mean, there's more than one. If you really pay attention to the great, great artists out there, the, they all have more than one person in there with right. them. There's <laughs> so you really can see the influence of your dad. There was something there about yeah, those many sure. characters no that doubt. was something that, that you really grabbed onto. So you're you're 18. And you huh. and you head out to to Lubbock, right? Yeah, best and ten years of my life. I got <laughs> only ten, only ten, ten years uh, to get I took through. A couple off here in the middle. <laughs> uh, of course, we're talking about Texas Tech there. Um, and you're 18 years old. Who gives you the guitar? And and what kind of songs did you start writing at first? Um, uh, I was such a big Jerry Jeff Walker, Robert O'Keefe, Willie Nelson fan when I started writing. Um, that's those were the biggest, by far the biggest, um, when I started writing. Now, obviously, I'd had all the other experience that everybody else does growing up with music, but um, yeah, those were the guys, and and that was what was cool at that time. Mm-hmm. At, there, at, and, and you know, at Texas Tech, that was, you know, when I went to school, I didn't know how to play guitar. I'd never picked up a guitar until I was eighteen years old, and um, who put the guitar in my hand? I did. I went. I walked across. The street on uh, on Broadway to Broadway Music, and um, uh, oddly enough, and a great name, um, uh, and and I bought a, a a Washburn guitar. I I don't know. I think I play as well now as I did six months in. Oh come on! No, I'm not kidding, man. I'm, I, I I studied so hard. I I, I failed out. I flunked. I got a 2.3 uh, my first year, <laughs> my first uh, semester, because all I did was sit in the basement of, of Coleman Hall and, and play guitar. Right. I, I, I didn't go to school. Let me, let me hear, if you can, go back, uh, maybe an early song or yeah. something, just something to give us a sense of, mm. you know, where that, yeah. did people, could, could they hear some potential early on? I don't, I don't know. Um, <laughs> uh, so, Jerry Jeff Walker. Um, do you remember what's the record that Jerry Jeff did? Uh, Viva Tolingua. This is the first song I ever wrote. Yeah. Um, Viva Tolingua was the was the was uh, it was made in Lukenbach. I got married in Lukenbach. Um, just was a special place to me, right? And um, anyway, so I totally stole from him. <laughs> yeah. Up and up and here we go. Off again to the rodeo and I sure got a lot of little things on my mind. Once a song I just started writing and the other's a girl I just finished fighting. Well, she said it was me, oh God, I just don't believe her. If you want to know where I'm coming from, just sit right there and I'll tell you, son. Life I lead ain't as wonderful as it appears. Here I go again, singing in this dive. Don't stop hearing my stereo that's keeping me alive. Hey, 
babe up on Nashville Still got my show Ever here I go Once again Here I go You have to have that walk down right there that... Boy, That's great though right? You gotta have all that stuff there I love the, I love the storytelling so early Really well, coming on Just I mean it's that's great. I love it. Uh, the, the, the Jerry Jeff told me a story one time when um, we, we were living in Austin, uh, my wife and I, and uh, we went over. Susan and Jerry had us over for dinner and blah blah blah. Um, and I was, I was saying, "Hey man, um, tell me about about Bojangles, and tell me, you know, tell me, you know, how much." fun that was to write he goes well i was in you know was in jail <laughs> he was evidently <laughs> right <laughs> so uh, Ooh, a man with jangles and he danced for you okay so that's you can see all yeah. those same movements that i have in that song anyway so um i was uh, you know I, I said hey have you noticed how bojangles and and uh, piano man are the same Sure. It's the same, right? Yeah. Uh, so sing us a song, you're the piano man. Sing us a song tonight. All in the mood for melody. <laughs> Got us feeling all right. I knew a man bojangles and he danced for you, right? It's, right. Just, it's just, it's this loop. Anyway, so um, I was telling, I was like, man, have you noticed that? He goes, yeah. As a matter of fact, he was playing at the, uh, Billy Joel came to play the Frank Irwin Center there in Austin. And um, and Jerry Jeff went to see the show and they were going to do Bojangles together. And that, that came up in, in conversation that night. And, 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 and so Billy Joel tells Jerry Jeff, says, man, I'm sorry, I stole the melody <laughs> from your song. He goes, no, I got it from McCartney. <laughs> you know? so, that's hilarious. And Let's listen. have our lawyers talk Whether about Whether or not that's true, I could care less, but that's the story that happened that night, and we were all drinking and having fun. So. Uh, that's great. You know, you mentioned your, your wife a little bit. You, you know, mm, you've written best. some some wonderful songs about her. My One of my favorites all is— All of my songs are yeah. Really? Yeah. She she creeps in all the time. She's a creeper. <laughs> I like crazy. Oh, I, I love that song. That's a wonderful story too. Um, yeah. About you know because I think with uh, artists and musicians, you know you're constantly you're gigging. If you're making money, you got to gig. You got to get out there. You keep dropping off the bills. And uh, so the the story, the way I heard it, is that you you know you came home one night after a gig and. Yeah. You caught her sleeping, huh? You finished that for me. Yeah, um, we we didn't have anything, you know, like anybody when you when you're young, and um, uh, she was in law school and um, and working for the speaker of the house. She was an intern for the speaker of the house there in Austin. We got we were just very fortunate, you know, but um, we didn't have any air conditioning at that time, and it was hot, and it's always hot in South Texas. But um, anyway. Um, we had a, a swamp cooler. You know what a swamp cooler is? Uh, it's like a pan of water. Yeah. Above, above like a rotating fan. Right, right, right. Right, and so the the, the, the it's evaporative cooler basically. Anyway, it it would bring down the temperature at least two or three degrees. Um, <laughs> so I came home from a gig and she was sleeping on top of the covers and she was wearing uh, one of my button down shirts and white cotton panties and it was the the most beautiful thing I'd ever laid eyes on and um, 
Uh, I was standing at the foot of the bed. We still have the bed. Actually, my, my son sleeps in that bed now. Uh, not with us, but um, anyway, uh, I was standing there, and she kind of leans her head up, you know, like as you do, you know, pull your chin down, where you can kind of, you, you can hear what I'm saying. She goes, she caught me staring at her. She goes, cut it out. <laughs> and I was like, yeah, yes, ma'am, right away. But uh, it, was, it just... Um, Never seen anything that pretty. Still don't remember seeing anything that pretty. Um, yeah, she's the, she's, the, she's the one that makes it right, right? I, will, I went into the den, and she made me uh, close the door because I was too loud. I'm always too loud. Saw you early this morning Sleeping all dressed in white For one moment I thought you were an angel Come to take me home alive You woke up and you caught me staring Smiled and said, fool, cut it out You said that I must be crazy I said crazy about you And I kissed you on the mouth And if I am truly crazy Don't you know I like my life not a way And if I'm really going on out of my mind, hop on board and make your getaway. You can do that, not that same Jerry work. Yeah. And you can do all this too. Whatever <laughs> you want. Country music, baby. Uh, That's what we're here for. Again, you know, you seem a little young to have a legacy album. Uh, right. But then I, I then I listened to no, it. No, it wasn't my decision. Well, I tell you, it's coming out this May. It's called Dance Hall Dreamin'. And uh, the artist you got to sing that on the album uh, is is uh, kind of a mentee of yours. And I, I think... Uh, He's a really interesting guy, Sweet Aaron man. Watson. Yeah. Aaron, He's a great. young man who sang crazy on the album. And, uh, and you know, I got to speak to him this week. And, mm. and here's what he said Wonderful. about what you've oh, meant geez. for him. You know, I mean, I was going to see Pat play back in the day when I was literally still learning guitar chords. And, you know, when, when my dream of being a country singer was brand new. And, um, you know, we'd go see guys like... And I saw Garth, and I saw George, and Kenny Chesney, and a lot of those guys. But there was just something different about what Pat was doing, you know. And um, I think it was a combination of the, the energy that he had on stage. His songs were, they were real songs, you know. It wasn't like he was singing songs that, you know, a bunch of songwriters wrote in some, you know, in a cubicle on the fourth floor at some publishing company in Nashville. You know, these are songs that... This guy wrote, you know, on the road in between his tour dates. And um, 
so we'd go see Pat play, and man, it was just for me, it, it was very inspiring. And he plowed a a bunch of roads for a lot of us uh, Texas artists that were coming in right behind him. Well, you know, I got to tell you that that that's something, isn't it? What's it like to hear that? Man, he's uh, Aaron's just an authentic human being. He really, um, you can tell that he's. I like I like people um, when you can tell that they're telling the truth just when they talk to you. And um, I think that's really the key to songwriting, by the way, um, is, is just being able to tell people exactly yeah. what you feel. Right. And then, and, and then um, the rest just kind of falls in line. But uh, Aaron is, I swear to God, the sweetest man. He, um, I've never heard him cuss once in my <laughs> life. You Not know, once. But you spend a lot of time with them, I think, behind the scenes, too. And no doubt. And um, and they learn from you. They've watched you. They've watched you when you know they were coming up. And at the end of one of these gigs in one of these big dance halls, you you stayed and you talked with people and mm. you talked with the fans and you didn't run out and yeah. get on the bus. Um, I've done that plenty too. <laughs> I've run away. Really? For sure. Well, yeah, everybody I mean, does. You know, listen. But, it's... but if you if you don't put your hands on the people, it's really hard to get a sense of what they're looking for. Here's another interesting story Aaron said when uh, he, he was watching you after a gig you guys had played together. Take a listen. I remember one time we played a show with him and uh, somewhere in, in East Texas, I think it was Tyler, and uh, I think I was like the first artist of many to hit the stage that night. I think I played for about 30 minutes, and I think they paid me about 250 bucks. <laughs> And after the show, we went back to get paid our 250 bucks, and we walked in on Pat getting paid, and they were definitely paying him more than 250 bucks. And, uh, I mean, there was literally just stacks of $100 bills everywhere. And I remember going, man, you know, wow, that's incredible. This guy's turned this thing into more than just songs. He's turned this thing into a huge business. Pat's independent spirit really influenced me on the music side of things and and from a business perspective from an aspirational perspective i mean you saw a guy who worked himself up from nothing pulling in a lot of hundred dollar bills there oh absolutely i mean it's really it's the american dream music's a unique thing i think it's about the only thing where where you can make something from nothing and uh and that's definitely what pat did I mean, it's, it's, it is interesting. I mean, sometimes what you're doing has more uh, effect on people than you may realize. Yeah, the dream becomes reality. It's, um, yeah, that's, that's fantastic. And the guy who taught me how to do the music business was Jerry Jeff. He, without a doubt, he was the one that, uh, you know, <laughs> how, do you, how do you monetize it? How do, you, how do you use your, you know, this brain that everybody was given one of those? And how do you, how do you how do you use that you know to actually go out there and, and do it? And Susan, um, his wife, uh, a wonderful, beautiful woman, that um, I always I told people that she'll she'll take a sledgehammer to kill a fly. Um, she it was just tough. I mean she she was she knew how to to make the business for their family, for Jesse Jane their daughter, and for Django their son, and for all the people that were around them. Um, Anyway, that's what they gave me. You know, there's a real loyalty with Texas artists. 
And I think sometimes it, you get pigeonholed. To a fault, yeah. Yeah, and, but you get pigeonholed, too, in that Texas music sound, too. I'll take you? it. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, I, I, it, it's just interesting. I mean, and, and it is, but it's a very tight fraternity. I find more than, you know, I mean, the artists in general are, are stick together, but it seems yeah, like. But I it's mean, not pasty, is it? It's not fake. No. It's not. I think it's real genuine. Yeah, I, I mean, I, I think these that. guys really, really care about you and they listen, you yeah. know. And they're interested in the thing is they also have that entrepreneurial spirit. I mean, they go out and some to get it done. They've got to get their own labels. No, I mean, choice, Aaron's yeah. done that. Yeah, oh, and Aaron's doing great. He's on a roll right now, man. That guy's smoking hot right now. He's but the shows that we do together. I I don't care if I'm but, but opening act, closing. I don't care. I just any show with him, anything with him right now. He's on such a roll. It's fun. Earlier in your career, you wrote a lot of songs by yourself, um, but yeah. but now bad you, songs. Oh, by come, myself. On now. come on now. Um, but as you, as you got Pardon older, me. you um, you've collaborated. Yeah. Oh, with people like Lyle Lovett. I mean, I, I love Girls from Texas. If we're talking about, I don't want to play that song. Why? Because it's. T- I don't want to play it. Because <laughs> well, I didn't write it. All right. But it was fun to 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 record with Lyle. Yeah, I'm sure it was. What song do you want to sing? I was gonna us next. I was actually thinking that up just now. <laughs> <laughs> Imagine that a twenty year old uh, twenty years in the music business. I <laughs> no, Lyle was it was so cool to to record with Lyle because um when 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 I was growing up, you know, in and around, you know the, my father and all this music my brother and and, and you know they, they were always just hey you gotta you gotta check out Lyle Lovett and I was like man it was too deep for me <laughs> it was just too much right and then and then I got it you know I, I came of age and I, I understood later um what what precision meant and um if you really want to make the comparison between like a guy like Sting and a guy like Lyle Lovett, I mean, the the jump off is not very big, uh-huh. right? But for me, to Lyle Lovett, it's huge, <laughs> right? <laughs> and so for me to get to go in and sing "Girls from Texas," uh, man, wonderful. Georgia are sweeter than peaches. The ones from California are made for bathing suits and beaches. Minnesota gals she'll feel like a sweater. But the girls from Texas are just a little bit better. Mississippi's got all them Delta queens. Louisiana Cajun girls beat all I've ever seen. Ever kiss a girl from Kansas? You damn sure won't forget her. But the girls from Texas were just a little bit better. But um, I was going to do this one I wrote with Chris Stapleton. Um, oh, I love Chris, yeah. Uh, and then Cheryl Crow uh, recorded the song with me. And. Um, but um, it's, a, it's a story of the, the day that I broke up with my wife. Uh, we were in college, and we weren't married, and she wasn't my wife. So I guess I broke up with my girlfriend. But um, uh, it was one of those moments where stupidity takes over. And 
and runs the day. It was Valentine's Day, <laughs> right? And we're on the side. We were driving down the road, and we, we used to love to drive out into the country and, and uh, get out and lay on the top of the hood and drink wine and stare at stars and blah, 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 romance, all that. And uh, we got in a big fight, stupid kids. I mean, I, I don't know how else to put it, but um, took me two years to make up for that one. But she uh, she said we were driving back into town and back into Lubbock. We were, I don't know, eight or nine miles outside town. And she she, she got so mad, she let me out. <laughs> <laughs> and I did. <laughs> she did that last month, too, by the way. <laughs> we, get, we, we, we have a very fiery wonderful relationship um, nothing wrong with that but um, let's see if I can't get this right so I was I was up in the, I was in Nashville and, and like you know Aaron was just saying it's not it's, it's not a cubicle when you're riding with, with when you're riding with Stapleton I guess yeah that guy is a genuine article anyway you can hear his phrasing if you if you're a fan of his you can hear it right I broke your heart on Valentine's Day. I asked fools like me made that way. Love like we're on fire. We're bound to crash and burn. Yeah, but somewhere underneath the ashes, once a heartache and the healing passed us. Ran a lot of your forgiveness and a lesson lived and learned. Uh oh, it's about to get loud. Everything you want from me, it's everything I want to be. But girl, I find a way somehow. Be a real love, you've always dreamed of. Right now You're listening to Children of Song. I'm Brad Newman, and today my guest is the singer-songwriter, country music star, Pat Green. <laughs> I'm sorry, I didn't sing Tech Girls from Texas. <laughs> no, that's all right. That, 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 that was cool. I have to be truthful. I really don't know how to play it very well. Yeah, well, that's all right. Listen, it's, that was so All the fun. songs that, um, after, I had a really bad accident. Um, about 10 years ago and all the songs after that um, I, I'm just I don't feel very capable hmm. I, cu I cut off my ring finger and my pinky and um, uh, and they put them back on quite a nice job but I can't feel them mm. and so after that accident I, I just it's not that I didn't care about the songs as much as it, it, I didn't care about learning them that well I'd mm. rather just hire a really good guitar player <laughs> <laughs> well if you can do that, you know. <laughs> I'm just being honest. <laughs> you know, uh, as we said earlier, they, you know, people have described you as like the Springsteen of the Southwest, <laughs> and you know, a Heartland rocker. Country music is. Needed. Don't you feel like that's kind of silly? <laughs> well, you know, I mean, you know, everybody, you know, what I think that's what people like to do. Unfortunately, right. I think any artist feels that they they want to know. What you're sort of like I, when you have to pitch shows, you have to you you want to say, listen, yeah. I'm bringing this unique thing that no one's ever heard before. But if you can't place it a little bit in someone's wheelhouse so they understand it, 
then they're not interested. Right. It, it could be the best thing in the world, and they're not interested. Yeah. So, and and I think in some ways, um, it's the ultimate compliment to you. I mean, so I was. I listen to say that I didn't like Springsteen growing up. It, it oh, would yeah, be a lie, but right. I wasn't. Yeah. But I wasn't a huge. I was more of a John Cougar. Guy. Yeah. I mean, I I went to high school yeah. in Michigan. Bow, grew up bow, in. Bow, yeah. I mean, that's why I picked uh, Don Gaiman to be my producer. Whenever I got to finally spend all the money I wanted to make on a record, that's why I got Don. Yeah. I mean, there's just something about that that authenticity, that that Heartland and kind he, of thing feel. But, yeah. And he was the guy. Don Gaiman did all of Marilyn Camp's big record. He did Scarecrow. He did Marilyn Camp. He did John Cougar. Blah 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 blah. Yeah. And um, that is why I wanted that man to make wave on wave. Yeah. And when it man when it happened, and I, and I was it was my choice. And so it was either, you know, um, I did great. I had Greg Ladani, who did um, Toto and 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 uh, Don Henley and all this stuff. He, he he did the first record that I was on the you know with, you know I was like wow, you know get me the guy that <laughs> that makes these great records. That's right. the, so I so I got I got Greg Ladani, uh, God rest his soul. But um, and then I got Don Gaiman, and then I did three records with him, and those records were the very defining moments sure. of my life. I mean, Wave on Wave. Uh, Cannonball. Home, your, biggest, yeah. your biggest hit, really. No doubt. Without a doubt. Can we get a, a little taste oh, of it? Oh, yeah, sure. Um, I got to tune this back up. Sorry. Sorry to your um, engineer. Um, yeah, um, so Wave on Wave. Uh, written, written in Birmingham, Alabama. Uh, it was a Walmart parking lot. And the bus was broke down. And I was, oh God, it was two or three o'clock in the morning. As you can imagine, all the youth field angst that was in the back of a bus. Sure. <laughs> right. Anyway, um, I wrote the chorus first. Uh, um, I just had this image of, I think there, there, there's nothing more powerful. Um, uh, in the physical world than water, as far as I know. Sure. Um, I mean, obviously, love and, you know, like I said, ambition, all those things are powerful too. But, but water just keeps coming up over and over, right? And um, how, do you, how do you make that imagery um, come into life? Right? And so I was thinking about um, what, what is it that saves you from whatever it is that's killing you? Right? <laughs> okay. That's, that was the essence of how that, that was the genesis of the storm. And um, in, in my case, it's the same. It's my wife. Right? She is trying to kill me, and she's also trying to save me. So, <laughs> um, um, yeah, she's a special thing. But um, anyway. Mile upon mile, got no direction We're all playing the same game Oops We're all looking for redemption Us afraid to say the name So got up now and pretending What we're seeking is the truth I'm just looking for a happy ending, babe All I'm looking for is you 
And it came upon me a way more way For the reason I'm still here, yeah Am I the one you were sent to save? It came upon me a way more way Anyway, uh, that... I love it. Man, it was such a simple chorus, right? It was just so right there. I mean, it, it spit itself out. Oh, it's so powerful, though. Right? And, and what I really like is that it, it grows, too. Um, that was Don. Don Gaiman did that. Yeah. That song, okay, so we recorded that song three different times. And he wanted it to, I wanted it to be that, just the way I wrote it, just like that. That's exactly how I did it. And I, I wanted it to be this dirgy, kind of very cerebral, right there. And he goes, okay, we're going to start there, and we're going to finish on the moon. Yeah. And I was like, no. I mean, that was the biggest fight I ever got. I left the studio three or four times. Really? Oh, yeah. And um, and, and actually, I, I threw such a fit. I'm such a ass. But um, I made him put it on the record twice. <laughs> Really? <laughs> I did. If you look at the wave on record, at the very end, you hear my version of it. Oh, oh geez. I, 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 <laughs> you are stubborn. I stomped and Let's get back moaned. to that, uh, that, that tribute album. <coughs> Again, oh, gosh. No, no, no. Because um, so embarrassing. Dance All Dreamin', a tribute to Pat Green. Not yeah. to, to confuse to the other Dance All Dreamin', obviously the, the, uh, the earlier album. Um, in that album, Jack Ingram does a nice job with that. Black Mangrum. I gotta tell you, he really builds in there. I mean, he he, you know, he took the notes. He, uh, <laughs> his delivery is perfect. It's spot on. He, um, we've been great friends for uh, since we were, you know, in college. But um, my favorite Jack Ingram story was my wife was there too. Um, so I, I'd, I'd gone to see Jack play um, at the Depot Beer Garden in in Lubbock, and um, and Corey, my wife, was my date, and. Um, Another girl who I used to date was there, and her brother was like, it was like this covert op, and her brother was dancing with Corey, my wife, obviously my girlfriend back then, but, um, and while the other girl could come and hang out with me. Uh-oh. Oh, yeah. Dangerous, uh, dangerous things were afoot there at the Depot Beer Garden that night. Anyway, um, um, after the show was over, it was all, you know, I mean, I'm not a runaround guy, guy but, but anyway. So I'm hanging backstage with Jack. And um, my wife, Corey, comes in the, in the door and sees me. I'm shit-faced, and Jack is, too. We're just hanging, and he you know, signed my guitar and all this stuff. And I was kissing his ass. And, and she was ready to go home, and she walks in the door and sees the two of us go, you know, just hanging out laughing and giggling. And she goes, fuck you, Pat Green, and fuck you, too, Jack Ingram. <laughs> that was the first time she ever laid eyes on him, and uh, that was the first time I ever met him, too. But what a, what a, I'm sure you're going to have to. Well, we'll do that. <laughs> you know what's interesting about the the tribute album is is it is filled with mentors and mentees. There's a, there's another artist on the upcoming album who you've described as a brother from another mother. He sings rapped on the upcoming WCG. album. WCG, hell yeah, that's okay. right. William Clark Green. Here's what he said and what how you've meant to him. You know, I, I would not be a, I would not be a songwriter if it wasn't for him. I mean, so and that's that's not me kissing his ass. That's just the truth. I mean. He was the everyday normal guy that, you know, played the Houston Livestock Rodeo. I mean, <laughs> he, 
he was the reason we played guitar on the weekends in high school, you know? I mean, we all, everybody wanted to be him. And, and uh, I mean, just like, you know, it's just a, it's awesome just to even, you know, know the guy. I remember I was on a, um, one of like the most impressed my friends have ever been is I was on this golf course in Tyler, Texas. And uh, we heard that he was there just playing golf, you know, while we were. And we drove the golf cart past us. And he looked at me and he goes, Mr. Green. And I go, I go, I go, I go, yes, sir. And he goes, he goes, I'm the other green. I was like, I'm well aware. <laughs> that, you He's know, a beautiful guy. You know, you, you really touch uh, their lives, you know, and in, in so many different ways, ways that you don't even know. Because, you know, he told me another story, which, which I thought was pretty moving. He, um, he he uh, he woke up. He had to do a radio show, and uh, he had this terrible crick in his neck. Man, I guess he told you about it. And he yeah, ne- he needed. I remember to, that. Yeah, he needed to go to a doctor. Here's here's him telling the story. <laughs> I was sleeping in my truck back then, and I had this um, this crick in my neck that was just so terrible, and I couldn't even move my head. And he uh, he sent me to his doctor, and the whole time I was nervous because I did I couldn't afford the bill, and. Uh, and so, but I didn't want to tell Pat Green, no, you know, I didn't want to tell him that I was sleeping in my truck and I couldn't afford it. And, uh, so I went to the doctor at the end of the doctor visit, I told the doctor, I said, Hey, uh, you know, I don't have enough money to pay for this. And, uh, and he goes, Oh no, Pat already took care of it. And I was like, are you serious? He's like, yeah, Pat took care of the whole bill. He told, he told me to charge his account. And I was like, I couldn't believe it. You know? So I was just the type of guy he is, man. Super nice. Um, always wanted to help lend a helping hand and, um, just like I said, man, it's just a pleasure to know him. Yeah, I, he had to mow my yard next week. <laughs> no, uh, yeah, Doctor Mohall, man, he's great. He's if you ever have a, a crick in your neck, he's the guy. He, he's the guy, huh? Yeah. That's a that's probably one of my favorite songs. Is wrapped. All right, yeah, I, I really like that. Yeah, um, wrote that at, at Willie's. Um, studio. He's got this, um, it's like a reverb room, right? So it's like a room, I don't know, about to call it a double bathroom, if you will, but it's all tile, floor to ceiling, everywhere. And there's a, um, a door, the only way to get into it is a, is a two by two door. Like you literally have to crawl through, it's, and it's halfway up the wall, you have to crawl through it, and it makes this, this amazing sound when you're in it because it's all the. Just the sound waves, just to bounce around like in a bathroom. Sure, sure. Anyway, uh, so I was there with Walt Wilkins, and um, uh, it was this was his idea actually. Um, it, it was his opening line, and um, anyway, kind of birthed. I stand out in the wind, out on Mustang Island. I might step all night. Hanging out with Hank Williams and crying I've slept out on the sand So many nights that I can't remember Love is love and life is hard And one undoes the other This is Walt's line too right here, this is great A summer go to winter blue Wherever I am, whatever I do, do. Whoops, sorry. I'm wrapped in you. 
You know, let's talk about the transition you had to make. I mean, here you were. You, you became this very uh, established artist, uh, yeah. label guy. Mm-hmm. A lot of pressure with that. I sure. read about how, you know, they, they, they wanted an album almost every year from you. Well, that's a lot for me. I'm not that, I don't, I mean, I create a lot, but I'm, I don't create very well a lot. I like, I'm, it just happens. When the good stuff happens, it happens, right? Right. It's, but it's not, I mean, I can go, I don't really care either, I mean, if I'm honest about it. And I'm, I'm going to keep spewing it, right? Why right. would I stop? But it, but it's hard though if you've got like you know you got to do gigs like this and you got to come talk right. to me and you got to do concerts. Yeah, but and you're now easy, you, Brad. <laughs> but you, it's hard to fit all that in, and then you know it's tough. It is hard. It's hard to be creative on command. And so you kind of got a little burned out. And you took a little break, but that was Huge good for break. you. Yeah, yeah, you were gone like about six years. I right? did, and um, uh, and it was wonderful time, and and it fed the mechanism. It made the mechanism better. And it made, and thereby my life better. And um, um, I, I'm not going to lie, it's an incredibly enjoyable thing to go through life as an unemployed musician. Right. <laughs> it's wonderful. Well, but you've had other interests, too, and other ventures. Sure. I mean, come on. I mean, don't sell yourself too short here. I mean, you've had a very, a very successful restaurant business. I hear your, your business around Dallas is, is like... Does the second best bar business in that town? Kind of that's that's pretty good. It's a little ridiculous. You got something yeah. like forty beers on tap, thirty-two locals. Yeah, I read. No. I don't know why those stats Moving always on. stick with me. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, it's wonderful. I got lucky, man. I, but I think that um, luck appears when you work really hard, and I think we worked. I think our band worked in, incredibly hard for a very long time, and man, we never got to be, you know. Springsteen, but I got to tour right. with those guys. You know, I got to be on tour with Dave Matthews and Keith Urban and Kenny Chesney. I got to be on the biggest tours in the world. I, I'm fine with being the next door neighbor. <laughs> you know, yeah. that's a good spot. It really is. Well, it's it's all the benefits, but I don't have to take all the pictures. So listen, as we go out, I, I either want to hear. Um, a song from home. <laughs> Requests. I like, I like a, really. Well, this was the comeback album. This is the one you got to write and do on your own terms. This is a couple years ago. But this is this is also falls into all of those songs. That's this was after this was the comeback, but I couldn't use these. Right. Right. <laughs> I, um, yeah, um, I'll try. <laughs> I'll try. Whatever. And if this doesn't work, you edit the hell out of it. <laughs> I wrote this for my father. It's a good way to end. We are walking in the footsteps of our fathers, standing in the shadows of our mothers, trying to learn from those who came before us. I see the road maps and the lines upon their face And as I look out on this crazy congregation Well, the truth is inside we're all the same So come on, all my sisters and my brothers Let's go walk in Walking in the footsteps of our fathers 
I'm the first to say that I don't know what I'm doing. <laughs> Good Daddy, timing for that. Daddy's watching, man. <laughs> okay, anyway, there you go, Pops. <laughs> uh, Shit. Uh, he's the greatest. I talked to him yesterday. He, um, he, he just got through with cancer, and so um, he, uh, he's fine. And God bless you, Pop. Yeah. Pat Green, thank you so much for being and with yes, us. Yes, I'm a sellout. By the way, I saw that note. Well, no, no, no. That we, we didn't get into that because the idea is that that some of your fans are, you know, they were critical because of that, and I think fine. I, I, I you know, and that, that I wanted to if we were going to go there, but no, that's not you me. Go there. No, I don't care. Well, I think the yes, idea is it's, the it's idea tough. Is yes, really, you have to. If you don't sell out. What's the point? Well, I think there's a point here, and I would agree, and I've, I've had to come to terms with this because right. I'm not a filmmaker. I, for for a, a large part of my living, I, I make little features for television. <laughs> but So here's the thing. It makes your heart feel and, good, right? But, but you are selling out a little bit, but you're getting your work out there. And so if you are so stubborn that you stay so true to who you think this artist is, then maybe no one ever gets to hear your work. And uh, is that a tragedy? I think the trick is I don't try to define that. Mm-hmm. I, I, I don't know who I am any more than you do. I mean, you know, it's like I, I wake up every day and, I, and I, I have some things that are very sacred to me. And, and as long as I stay there, then the rest of it is so simple. Mm. It really is. It's just be, be generous, be kind. Do the right thing, you know. I've I've never been in a fist fight in my life. I've, I've had my ass kicked plenty of times, but <laughs> you know what I'm saying. It's sure. like you know, it, it's it's really not that hard. But if if you're gonna take on something like being in the public for a living, then be in the public, right? And be part of that, right? And you know, yeah, I, I got lucky enough to get on a record label. I was on the sign. We were talking about this last night at dinner. I signed with Universal Records in 2001 or two, And, wow, what a ride. Yeah. What a ride. I got to go hang out with the Donnie. The, I mean, he was coming off of doing a Don Henley record, and he came and made my record next. I mean, holy crap. What a fun thing that was, right? Yeah. And, and I got to go get, I got to lose three Grammys. Right. <laughs> More power to me. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's just free of charge, man. It's just sitting in there somewhere. Well, this has been fun. I really appreciate it, and I appreciate the candor and, uh, and, and playing so much for us. Uh, Sorry about Girls from Texas. Oh, come on now. Special thanks to Aaron Watson. Check out his latest album, Vaquero, and also William Clark Green. If you haven't heard his latest effort, he's got a live album from the Green Hall, which is, is great. Shouldn't be missed. This has been a lot of fun. Again, the new album, Dance Hall Dreamin', a tribute to Pat Green. It's coming out April 5th, yeah. which is... Pat Green's birthday. Thank you, I'm sir. way past the midpoint, but thank you. Uh, being lucky to make the next one. I enjoy this a lot. Before we let you go, we want to welcome you to the B-Side. Here's a chance for us to dip outside the format and hopefully gain a little perspective. As we were closing things down, Pat shared some of his thoughts on the Me Too movement and described how many artists, regardless of gender, are often victims of overzealous fans. I, I don't uh, I don't understand people that um, 
take advantage of other people very much. It's the, it's, you know, I'll, I'll screw up with the best of them, but I don't know. Anyway, if I had a hashtag me too for every time some girl had groped and fondled and touched inappropriately me throughout my life, I'd have my own goddamn moment, movement. I'm not kidding. Yeah. Dude, it's crazy. Listen, I, I, I don't understand that people don't we, – we are sexual. That's, that's how we keep making people, you know. So anyway, that's a, that's a comment that is not meant for uh, anything other than that. But I, I, yeah. I, I think that people that take advantage of women are horrible. I, I have five sisters, a wife, and a daughter, and I, I, I don't know what I would do to somebody that would ever harm my, my girls. But um, – we just need to relax, as don't we? I mean, people are just so goddamn uptight. They are, but we're all keyed up. I mean, and we can't help it, right? Well, we can't help it because it's fed to us. We don't. We can't move ten feet without our cell phones anymore. No, it's supercharged. I mean, all the time. It's crazy. What about people? You said that they are use their hands inappropriately. I mean, I think fans. Obviously, you can't do this without fans. But what what are the things that? Are tough. I think fans don't necessarily understand you've done 15 dates yeah. in 17 days before you've come to them. Yeah, I, I, I think the, I think the energy for being on stage is just that's that's what that's just what you got, man. You if you got that, you got it in spades, you know. And if you don't, you don't. But sometimes, yeah, man. It's I tell you what I hate is is being responsible for other people other people's party. Right, mm-hmm. like, you know, and then, and then the show's over, and they want to, hey, this is going to go, and if we're going to find a fire, to come on, and you can, and I'll buy you this, blah, blah, blah. I'm like, man, I, no, I'm, I'm going to bed. <laughs> and not only that, but I'm old, and 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 I, I, I'm usually in bed before the show starts, you know, and 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 I get calls all the time. William Clark is wonderful. He calls me. <laughs> He'll call me and say, Pat, I'm playing Fort Worth. I hear you're off. Come to Billy Bob's. I'm like, no, you have fun. I've been there, you know, and I've done that show many, many times. And right. uh, But enjoy. So I just, you know, I hear live music um, um, differently. I, th- I think the people that make music hear it differently. I do. Yeah, I, 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 I'm I'm looking for different things. I'm feeling different emotions, right? Because mm-hmm. I know how you make it, right? And um, so when I'm listening, I'm not listening necessarily. It's not the, it's it's really about the delivery and how you how you how you make something out of nothing, right? Right. That is the the intangible is the point that I'm looking for. That's what makes Lyle love it. Lyle love it. That's what makes Jared Jeff, and that's what makes Robert O'Keen, and that's what makes those people. Those people is that they they have something that other people don't have, right? And then they get to give it to you. That's what I'm listening for. I think, and I don't know. Maybe this is a part of getting older too. But the the stuff I like the most is when it's intimate. You can really hear it. You right. hear the nuance. Like right. I love this. This is such a gift that I'm four feet away from you and get to hear you play. But I love stuff like the Bluebird. I love where you can hear singer songwriters right. and you can just really hear it. When it, it, you get in these venues and it just gets too loud sometimes. And it's master. It, and it's just it's explosive. You don't need it because you don't see the subtleties. You can't hear the right. builds. It's all wham, wham, wham. And then really wham. Totally true. And I and I get lost in it because when 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 it gets loud, I scream. 
I'm a, I'm, I scream at the top of my lungs. And um, tonight, you know, thankfully it's the end of the run because I don't have much left. You know, I, my voice is tired. And, I'm, you know, like anybody this time of year, I'm kind of I'm raspy. And, but we're going we're gonna to give them we're going to give them what's left. <laughs> hey, listen, thank you again so much. I appreciate it. Pleasure. Thanks, Brad. Next week, Gunnar Nelson co-hosts with me as we tackle the wildly entertaining Jason D. Williams. He sat down at the piano with us and revealed how he's come to terms with his biological daddy, the one and only Jerry Lee Lewis. It's an episode you won't want to miss. Children of Song, the podcast everyone's talking about. Till next time, I'm Brad Newman. Thanks for listening. A lot of people think this is two hands. This is just the left hand. <laughs> now that was all done with the left hand. I'm so jealous. Oh my gosh, that's awesome to hear. The Fox News Rundown, a contrast of perspectives you won't hear anywhere else. Your daily dose of news twice a day. Featuring insight from top newsmakers, reporters, and Fox News contributors. Listen and subscribe now by going to foxnewspodcasts.com. Listen to Fox News Podcast shows ad-free on Fox News Podcast Plus, on Apple Podcasts, Amazon Music with your Prime membership, or follow wherever you get your podcasts.